calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, adventure addicts. Welcome back to the League of Ultimate Questing, where teams of heroes can meet against deadly challenges and rise through the ranks of fortune and fame. No dungeons too deep, no quests too questionable. My name is Stormclad Thundertongue, retired League veteran and all-around cool dude. And with me in the mega booth is the most huggable halfling in all the five kingdoms and choicest of voices, Kip Gilligan. How was that? That was great, pal. <laughs> Thanks. Now you can all stop sending those fan letters about me doing the intro myself. It's done. I crushed it. Never again. You always give the fans exactly what they want, Storm. Heck, I don't even know what you need me for. Maybe I'll let you take over for the day. Don't even joke like that, Killigan. All these prompters and charts and screens. They're enough to give my brain a stomachache. I'd tune them out. Let you drive the wagon. Slide in when needed with a tasteful joke. Doing this by myself is a nightmare. Right up there with naked boot camp, and mom turns into a pit fiend who wants to steal all the cookies in the world and put pee in my bed while baby Storm is sleeping. Don't you ever leave me, Kip. Wouldn't dream of it, pal. How else could I share League news with our wonderful fans? For example, Salt and Iron have been on a month-long expedition to the Red Island, far north of the Mackinac mainland, helping to close a necrotic rift that was turning wildlife into corrupted, soul-eating entities. And the footage really speaks for itself. That place is bad news on a good day, but I think I'll still have to take it off my bucket list after seeing all those squirrels and pot-bellied pigs knocking back peasant souls like they're on three-for-a-dither weekend madness. In other news, Nine Point Star has been pulled from their recent trial of seeking after the team has gone missing under mysterious circumstances. Hey, happens to the best of them. One day you're sniffing out clues, getting ever closer to bringing in a wanted criminal, and then poof! You're gone like a fart in a hurricane. Fans are worried for the team's safety, and their family and loved ones have been waiting around the clock for news to unfold. I'm, uh, I'm sure they're fine. Just taking a vacation or something. <clears throat> and that brings us to the Mortal Dawn. Oh, yeah. I wonder what they've been up to. Didn't they just, like, Dornish goodbye to another dimension recently? Not so much as a back in five minutes? Indeed they did. And now seems like the perfect time to check in with this champion rank team while they progress with their newest mission. Let's get down to the field. The air is thin and the wind is strong as the team looks out over the Himmelhorn Mountains. You've never been on a league quest quite like this one. It was your old ally, Almira, who hired you. You could hardly believe to find out that she'd been put in charge of a huge artificing project with the help of her new assistant, Maisie. Her job, which she has been excelling at, has been to revolutionize the world of airship travel. 
She found a way to utilize the ley lines of magic that are part of the natural world to create arcane pathways that could be used to fuel her newest model of airship, the one you are currently aboard. It's called the Hymn, and it resembles two long ships side by side, with a huge circular turbine pumping out magical energy towards the ground, on the port and starboard. The mechanical structure that connects the two holds the power source, the heart of Apernacency, which you entrusted to Elmira for study. The heart is able to keep the vessel afloat and moving easily so long as it stays in the area of the magical ley lines, like a road taking it across the sky. Mm. Your job has been to help Almira and Maisie place path conduits in vital locations along the landscape of Mackinac to help boost the signal and ensure the fuel source is always charged. It hasn't been too challenging. You've had some time to catch up with old acquaintances. You've seen parts of the world from a new angle. But now it's time for the final path conduit to be erected. The cold wind slaps against you, and Almira looks down over the edge of the ship. You've all been fitted with harnesses, and Arvid has the conduit strapped to their back, with Morty strapped to the front like a kind of baby harness. She speaks over the howling wind. All reports show that the conduit has to go into the basin. It's too narrow and steep to land. The harnesses will control your descent. It's going to be cold and scary, but I'm not going to lie. It looks like it's going to be pretty fun. And you look over the edge where she points to see a massive glacier nestled among the icy peaks of the Himmelhorns, with a deep hole in the center like some kind of frozen volcano. You can see sunlight streaking down beyond the thick snow, lighting up the inside of the cavern. You're at least 200 feet above it. Once you get the conduit planted and activated, you can signal us, and we'll try to find a place to pick you up. She references a sending stone which she gave to Artyom. All right, everyone. Are you ready? No. It's okay, boy. I can pull his goggles down. There's like a huge frozen <laughs> crystal of drool coming from Morty's mouth. Harthax is begrudgingly wearing a winter cloak. <laughs> it's like a baby when you put a big winter coat on him and they yeah. can't move. <laughs> All right, then. On my count. Three, two, one. The mortal dawn vaults over the side of the hymn into the cold, strong wind above the Himmelhorns, free-falling into the heart of an ancient glacier. You're certain the crowd is going to love this. We flash back to the Lounge of Ultimate Questing, with the team standing around Maven, who's sitting in a chair, his chest bandaged, and two bloody crossbow bolts laying on the table near him. He seems to be nursing a glass of wine very slowly. Thank you for treating me, Artyom. I'm sure, and... Uh, I've recovered from worse, but I can't say any time recently. Someday I'll have to explain the physics of, of this, why you cannot simply shapeshift the wound not there anymore. That is indeed a mystery. Yeah, Ar Arvid can. <laughs> <laughs> I have some scars from a very long time ago. They just don't seem to go away. You're not the only one. But, but how did you get this one? I have obviously been very busy lately dealing with my own business, and I apologize for that. I feel I've been fulfilling my duties as your patron, but being around less makes me feel uneasy and makes it hard to maintain trust with my team. We're really disappointed in you being shot. It really interferes with our working. <laughs> I'm disappointed in being shot as well. It was, um, to be quite honest, it was very bad luck. Wrong place, wrong time. No, you do good luck. Thank you. I, I appreciate He chuckles for a second, kind of winces at the pain. What? Why are you laughing? It, 
It was funny. <laughs> you were shot twice. Like, that's really bad luck. Mm. Uh, again, wrong place, wrong time. I try to keep connections in all walks of life, including certain guilds that don't necessarily get along with each other. And I was meeting with an informant, gathering some information on some personal business, and a fight broke out between them. I was caught in the middle of it. I'm still trying to figure out if the nethers were involved, as we all know that they would love to spill our blood. I checked. They're all there. I just read his genitals. Uh, <laughs> I told you you didn't have to look there. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good man and thorough. <laughs> <laughs> Headache, dick out. (laughs) Not that head, not that head. Top to bottom, baby. Mm -hmm. There's no evidence that King Squeak was involved, but the fear is there. I do have a very large job for you. It's going to be one of the biggest ones we've had in some time. With your old ally, Elmira. Oh, I miss her. Who? Elmira Wainwright. She's the artificer that you entrusted the heart of Epinacency to. The what? The artifact that you beat Daxton's death machine. Oh, hmm. sorry. There's so many proper nouns. It's difficult to keep track. I understand. She's been doing a lot of work with the Three Hands and the Kingdom of Danmere in general, and she requested you specifically to help escort her on some sort of uh, large expedition. Ugh, escort quests. They have gone great in the past. <laughs> well, as I said, we'll, we'll have more conversations soon. I'm actually eager to tell you about the things I've been looking into. I'm just concerned that things are moving very quickly for the League in general, and I want to make sure, using whatever resources I have, that no one is hurt along the way. You know what it's like when large companies exploit labor, and when people grab for power, it's worth watching very carefully. When he says he wants to make sure no one is hurt along the way, Harthax pointedly looks at the two crossbow bolt wounds in his chest. (laughs) I can only do my best. (laughs) You inspire a lot of confidence. Never been my strong suit, but I need to work on it. God, I'm fighting near to say you wear a suit really well. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought we were going with, um, you say strong suit, and yet it pierced it easily. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying not to. Keep it back, keep it back. Strong, be strong. Suffice to say, for now, I need to play with my cards close to my chest, but information is coming. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> <laughs> they just keep coming <laughs> we gotta put some sunglasses on him or something keep, keep him from like <laughs> the best thing I can request of you right now is to keep moving forward as though nothing has changed I'm certain you can understand my reasoning there this seems to happen to me a lot uh, may I ask what exactly seems to happen to you a lot well big things happening and then being told that they have to wait a while okay alright <laughs> All right, well, I'll let you get ready for this next quest. It should take a while, but the pay's good. What? M- Maven? Maven? Yes. Have you heard anything from Agatis? Yes. Don't leave me hanging, what? He simply wishes to have a meeting with you now that he is back in his old position. He has, of course, had to flee Andesign. He's no longer there. I don't know where he sent his missive from, but he wishes to speak with you. On your terms. Remind me who Agatis is, Christ. Remember when we all drugged out and we were having lots of fun? Oh yes, when we were all drugged out. Harthax looks at the three of you pointedly. <laughs> what, you didn't do any? Really? Harthax here is high on their own gods. Yes. R- remember then? I remember everything. Except apparently I get this his name. Let's move on. 
But he wanted to reiterate that it's on your terms. When you're ready, he's willing to have a conversation with you. Answer some questions. And that Doris is no longer trading uh, babies for dirt? I can only assume that he is living on very little wealth and on the run. I can tell you Krim isn't accepting babies as payment for anything. Mm. Well, I would like to meet him sooner than later. I will make sure to set it up when this quest is over and done with. Thank you. We'll all have a lot on our plates then. Reginald, you can start recording again. We're done with the time of secrecy. Okie dokie, Maven. The harnesses kick in as your descent slows. The magic making you glide downward like a feather on the breeze as you enter the tall walled cavern of the glacier's core. The cold air chills you to the bone and the snow begins to clear and the sight below you comes into view. There appears to be a camp in the center of the empty stone pit. Two animal fur tents built up against a stone wall. You think maybe the ground is closer than you thought, but then realize the confusion comes from the size of these enclosures. They are huge. The campfire extinguished between them has entire trees laid out as logs. The two humanoids moving about their business seem to be taking bundles from long sleds and hanging them on the walls like ornaments. There are a pair of mammoths that look like they were recently hooked up to the sleds. The figures are giants, icy blue skin and thick manes of white hair. The ornaments they hang on the walls are human bodies, Dornish warriors, tribesmen, knights of Whitefall, merchants, children. The bodies join dozens of others already hanging from the hooks and ropes, barely decayed due to the freezing temperature, but covered in years of frost. They don't seem to have noticed you, but the ground is getting close very quickly. So, so with the freak out and everything happening, Chris unleashes a whole wave of sudden awakening on everyone, upping their grace. Mm. Oh, I remember where I put my keys. Artem's going to look to everybody with a stern look and say, Attack Bathroom Delta. What? Kill them. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to ready his spear to come down on the skull of one of these nasty boy giants. Ooh, so go ahead and give me an acrobatics check to see how well you guide your falling body spear point first. Let's see if this is one of the ones I suck at. You're a little dexy. I'm okay. Natural 20. Whoa! That's a 23. Uh, so you are like a fucking dart in a bar at the board, coming in true and clean. That is the perfect 20. You come like a dart in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and Arvid will follow up. He's going to loosen the straps on Morty so he can get out and then pull his axe up and like try to come straight down on his little head, like putting putting a mohawk on him, but it's like an axe. Get it? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? Put a mohawk on him? <laughs> brilliant! imagery friends imagery (laughs) beautiful beautiful imagery so threatening i'm gonna give you a mohawk (laughs) i'm painting a picture with my words and their blood (laughs) giving somebody the iron mohawk sounds like a fantastic yeah there we go see you got it that's also a team name is the iron mohawk yeah (laughs) it is right that fucking is now So the thing with these straps is they're kind of all or nothing, like tearaway pants. All right, he falls. So he, I, I'm gonna try to. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Oh, the idea of wearing a breakaway dog. <laughs> I love the idea of wearing a breakaway bungee harness. Like that just sounds like the worst design. <laughs> and it's literally just held together with the little snappies. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't the floaty harness. This is just the thing keeping Morty strapped oh. to Arvid. All right, that uh, sounds much safer. <laughs> so as you begin to tear it, Morty wiggles free and descends, getting to the giant a little before you, landing fully on its back. He's dog paddling on the way down. <laughs> oh, he's fully affected by gravity. <laughs> I just always love that when you hold a dog in the air, they're just like dog paddle. <laughs> mm-hmm. The air swim. 
All right. How about Harun? Harthax has a few silly ideas. I, I think what Harthax will probably do is on the way down, I'm going to cast uh, Shadow of Moil. Mm. And so Harthax will just darken up all the shadows and everything, just pull in and just enshroud Harthax and everyone around in a, in a sphere of dim light which makes them a little bit less likely to notice us as we descend. Okay. So Harthax is just wreathed in black fire and everyone else is in shadowed. Interesting. I like that. All right. This is going to sound a bit much, but considering all my new abilities, I think I can do this. It wouldn't be you if it wasn't a bit much. Awesome. <laughs> and as Chris falls down from the sky with a lot of grace, it turns into air ice skating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as he reaches towards the ground, he uses all of that momentum to turn himself into a diamond spear mm. and gives this giant a, a, a good, good piercing. So you're coming in at an angle and shooting like a crystal toboggan right on him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. So let's roll initiative. One thing's for certain, the mortal dawn sure know how to make an entrance. <laughs> Death from above. Let me tell you, Kip, nothing cracks Pepper on a choice spear or a spell attack like terminal velocity. It looks like this deadly duo of Himmelhorn giants were in the wrong place at the wrong time. The only thing worse than getting caught with your pants down is when it's cold enough to flash freeze your flop sweat into icicle underdrawers. Now you ask me, and I rarely paint with too broad a brush, but these Himmelhorn giants are bad news. They hate humans more than I hate those dumb little sour nuts you find in salads. Uh, olives? No, no, smaller, stupider, more sour. Capers? Capers. Those are the bastards that ruined my bagel sandwich. And speaking of capers, the MDs are showing off some pretty fancy new maneuvers while they ambush these towering threats. It really shows how far the team has come even after their short time on the league. I need Chris to show me that magical sliding attack. He somehow married my passion for impaling things with my love of figure skating. And for that, I thank him. Meanwhile, Artyom and Arathax are flexing magical muscles of their own while Arvid delivers a devastating axe blow that we've all come to expect and admire. Things are looking good for the MDs, no doubt about it. It's all uphill from here for these kids. That is to say, more and more difficult, because that's how ills work. Well, I, for one, look forward to seeing the future of airship travel, and it warms my heart knowing that a league team helped it happen. Hell yeah. I'm open to live long enough to own my own flying ship. I feel like they've been promising us airships for decades now. Where's mine? I'm ready to shell out for a dirigible. And on the topic of shelling out, let's take five to check on some ads from this week's sponsors. Stay tuned for more plummeting and pummeling. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you hungry? But not like lunchtime hungry? We're talking dark void hungry. Don't be a stupid idiot without food. Get down to Mutton King for the fresh new Ultimate Herd Burger. The Herd Burger Mega Deluxe starts with a fistful of spicy squashed pickle discs brined in salamander bile for that addictive, almost digestible crunch. Next is a quarter pound of thick-cut pig house onions grilled to acceptability and topped with between 3 and 12 slices of double garden tomato steaks. The next act of madness is a fistful of glistening organic lettuce, kind of as a joke. And that's just the tip of the inhuman iceberg that is the Grande Megaton Herd Burger. Utilizing industrial grind blasters, we compacted the meat of four full-sized prize-winning sheep down into six boiled and coal-smoked mutton patties, salt-blasted and kissed with black beer. But we don't stop spitting in God's eye there. We top these six physics-defying meat slabs with an entire size 12 work boot full of nacho-style donkey cheese with horseradish vinegar and pureed croutons. 
You think that's fucked up? Just wait till you find out we inject each of our sizzling patties with pure caramelized goose fat and slam dunk the top with deep fried shrimp wings, Wraith's tongue pepper relish, and a goddamn huckleberry pie, finished with a side of our salted pickled potato ribbons and your choice of beverage. The new Mutton King End Times Gargantuan Unspeakable Herd Burger Deluxe. There's no side effects. It will kill you, possibly from a distance. And no afterlife will accept your tainted soul. Your hunger stops here. Mutton fills you up like Mutton King. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Well, all you cuties, now that we're past episode 100, it's all downhill from here. Get ready for a precipitous drop in quality and care as we rest on our imagined laurels. Fucking <laughs> laurels. What laurels? We're too desperate for your attention and support to rest on anything. No, we'll keep doing our absolute best. And that's due in no small part to the support you all provide. Speaking of support, I want to thank our newest legendary patron, Telvarin, who will be joining Michael Staines on this week's featured team, The Cursed Spawn. In addition, we have yet another madman who has decided to go from $25 a month to $50 a month, and we have no idea what to do with that. Heath Marks, better known as a mighty dino in the Discord, is our newest patron tier patron, a rank that may need a reworking soon and probably a different name. If you want to show your support, please head to patreon.com slash slapdash studios. I want to also take a moment and thank Sam Hediger. He has been tirelessly editing our rambling nonsense into tight episodes for the last couple of months, and we feel like he's done an amazing job. So thank you so much, Sam. On a more somber note, I am canceling the Legend of the Five Rings game Red Blossom Black Snow. It didn't feel right to continue, and for that I am deeply sorry. But rest assured, there will be other live stream games coming down the pipeline, as well as some other really exciting news that I just cannot wait to share with you. That said, if you're hungry for more of me and Law, check out our Twitch channel at twitch.tv forward slash slapdash streams for our two-player Pokemon Nuzlocks every Tuesday at 6pm PST, and you can also find me and Law doing streams throughout the week. Our schedule has been a little off, but we should be improving that soon. As a reminder, we have a new commemorative shirt for our episode 100. You can find links to our merch store at theluq.com. Use the promo code LUQ100 for free shipping through February 9th. If you or someone you know would like to advertise or get a personal message on the show, please shoot us an email at admin at slapdashstudios.com. But enough out of me. Let's get you back to the action. Hey cuties, Law here to talk to you about Level Eater, which I've been proud to DM for over the past three years. Level Eater is celebrated tabletop roleplay, geek culture, and local art by having players sit down with veteran and celebrity dungeon masters to play in collaborative live adventures, where the tables work together to collect points and rewards to overcome a greater goal, all while fundraising for amazing charities. This year, Level Eater Adventures is an exciting new experiment, exploring formats different from the usual live events to open up the experience to new players. You can book a personal play session with paid experience DMs for your whole gaming group and choose while you play what quests the team will undertake. You can find lists of available DMs online, including yours truly. Or you can purchase the adventure package and play the quest with your own DM at home in any order. The Level Eater quest highlights the three pillars of the game, roleplay, puzzle solving, and action-packed combat. You determine the future of the shared campaign by reporting up to five quests you play and the rewards your characters choose from. This year, Level Eater benefits local Chicago artists and community radio through Lumpen Radio. 
And to wrap it all up, you can watch guest players explore the adventure world on Twitch February 29th, leading up to the announcement of the overall outcome of the submitted points. Follow updates, get more information at leveleader.com. Be heroic, fight evil, play D&D. Good evening, I'm Winston Fay Bandeworth III. Welcome to Mackinac News 5, your top source for up-to-date coverage of the Five Kingdoms. I stand here today off the Ivory Coast, facing the Southern Maiden. The sun is shining and the crowds have gathered for miles in each direction. But what brings us to this luscious expanse of white sand on this day? Pollution. A dwarven cargo ship, hauling 10,000 barrels of stout ale from Cran Crude Oil, has capsized, spilling hundreds of gallons of the rich, dark beer into the Cillian Sea. Reports from surviving crew members suggest the ship impacted a large coral reef while on their trade voyage to Illisar. The Stone Lords of Remitex have publicly laid blame for the incident on the merchants of Illisar for refusing to update their nautical maps despite increased shipments between the kingdoms. The Elven Merchant Council blames the poor seamanship of the dwarves and are seeking restitution for ecological damages to their neighboring sea. They have yet to settle on a number. But the stereotypes of evasive elves and dwarves' stout frames lacking sea legs survive another day. I now send you to Mackinac News 5's Griffin Riding Eye in the Sky, Ace Scanley, for reports on the scene from above. Over to you, Ace. Thanks, Winston. This is Ace Scanley, live above the scene of the crash, and looking down, we can see a huge pool of thick black beer has left a dark stain on this beautiful blue oceanic expanse. Cleanup crews are working around the clock, but this is a lot of beer, Winston. As you can see, a large collective of merfolk has moved in and seem to be taking advantage of the situation, enjoying the famous dwarven brew which has landed in their front yard. While the process in theory helps with the cleanup, the now reckless and drunken merfolk are only helping to cause more smaller crashes among the cleanup ships. This brings a whole new meaning to drinking like a fish. The merfolk seem to be angered by the efforts of the crews working to remove the alcohol. But as the drink flows among them, I get the feeling things are about to sway in the other direction, as we can start to see seashell bras drifting off into the sunset. Truly a beautiful act of nature, but not safe for the kids. Back to you, Winston. Thanks, Ace, and swift winds. This is Winston Faye Bandeforth III reminding you that it's okay to cry over spilled beer if there's enough to drown in. Mackinac News 5. Five kingdoms, one story. That's a 20. Okay, mm. what'd everyone else get? A rockin' 11 over here. With advantage, I got a four. Mm. What? Impressive. <laughs> what? Sam, you are just the wizard of advantage. Oh, the wow. real question is, did you roll four on both dice? No, no it's a, it was a one and a four. Missed opportunity. Haro has a 19. Very nice. I'm digging the color on this frost giant. Yeah. <laughs> These are specifically Himmelhorn giants. Ooh. <laughs> Stat block, Patreon, coming up. (laughs) But yes, watching these two big bad boys hanging up collected humans like Christmas ornaments gives you an idea that they're probably nasty boys. (laughs) I do like the idea that this is a crematorium and they're just hanging them in the volcano until the volcano goes off to incinerate all of the bodies and we're just killing these mortuarians. They're just recycling. Yeah. (laughs) They're all waiting to be resurrected. (laughs) (laughs) Now bring in the big cleric. (laughs) That's just what they call him, just big cleric. Well, first in this fucking paratrooper combat intro is Chris Sagrand, who is currently ice skating as a crystal spear towards one of the giants. Oh, man. Ooh. Sorry, I thought that already happened, so I had my next move all ready to go. Well, we got we to gotta figure out how it works. <laughs> okay, yeah. How, how, are we, how are we doing this? So are you using your claw attack? 
Yes, sort of. Let's uh, make this giant diamond spear a booming blade crystalline spear. Let's give this man a Prince Albert he'll never forget. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, let's see if the dice says yes. Because normally you just forget your Prince Albert. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> so does a 15 hit? A 15 hits. Awesome. That is 21 damage. 21 crisp damage. And... I'm going to use my new amazing Quicken meta magic mm. to do a dissonant whisper. Oh, hell yeah. All right. They have to make a wisdom saving throw. It's just one, right? Yeah, I can't twin it. That's fine. And I'm going to do it on the one right next, uh, the, the one I just attacked. I did get a 17. Actually, 18 with their bonus. Oh, it would have been so cool if it didn't. Well, I take half damage regardless. All right. Let's do 3d6. So eight damage, eight psychic damage. All right. So as you slam into this thing, you feel like a big chunk of its kneecap just kind of slide off onto the ground, <laughs> crackling with your sonic energy. And then the psychic wave impacts it and it kind of tilts its head back for a second. And then it just looks down at you. And that wave is nothing but the laughter and the joy that Chris is feeling from the exhilaration of this battle. Mm. <laughs> that brings us to Harithax, who is currently enshrouded in shadows and descending slowly. I don't like the idea of a chunk of kneecap falling off. That's really... <laughs> they got lots of kneecap to spare. I'm... <laughs> kneecap redundancies. It's like a fucking mattress. It's fine. <laughs> As Harithax lands, I'm going to uh, cast Shillelagh on my staff. Mm -hmm. And then I am going to use Lightning Lure on one of the giants and try and drag it towards me and knock it off balance. Ooh. All right. Uh, this is a new spell for us, so uh, let me know how it works. Yep. Uh, the only component that it has is a verbal component. So Harthax utters a couple of magic words, and then a white root bursts out of the ground, wraps around the giant's leg, and gives it a yank. It needs to make a strength save. I'm sure this will go really well for the giant. <laughs> uh, 21. Uh, 21 is a pass, so nothing further happens. Let's move on. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Well, you certainly be... catch it off guard for just a moment. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just trying to knock it off balance for Arvid. Mm. Yeah, right, right. You're loosening the pickle jar. Early. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, the giants are going to go. Um, they're only going to be able to react with disadvantage because Harothax used a spell to make sure you all snuck up on them. Nice. Ooh, thank you. Despite the flamboyancy of Chris's pursuit, <laughs> so they basically look to each other. Slowly becoming aware that basically it's raining little tiny enemies upon them. <laughs> we all know what you wanted to say, Law. Just say it. It's raining men. <laughs> yes! Yes! Also a Harithax. <laughs> and, and, and a dog, I guess. He's a good boy. I want that song to take on those, <laughs> those new lyrics. <laughs> it's raining men and Harithax and a dog. <laughs> um... So the one that has a target that it can reach and see is going to lift his mighty lumber axe and let gravity do most of the work as it lands on Crist. No! It's a stick with a Buick on the end. <laughs> a sharp Buick. It's a tree. It's a snow plow on a stick. This is a disadvantage because of the stealth pursuit, which makes that a total of 20 to hit. Oh, let's use a shield. All right. So it brings down this huge axe with all of this force, and there's an explosion of snow. But when it clears, you just see this kind of crystalline dome of energy flashing around Crist for just a moment before it dissipates. The other one is going to grab basically like a string of fish, which is actually human bodies, off of the wall and just hurl it towards Harithax. I don't, oh. I don't like this. Uh, the lowest of the two is a 19 to hit. 
19 will hit Harithax. All right. So you're just getting impacted by this tether covered in frozen, like rock hard bodies. Let them hit the floor. <laughs> uh, you take 19 bludgeoning damage. Mm. And I need you to make me a dexterity saving throw to not become grappled by the rope. All right. Mm, I'm going to go with a no on. Uh, uh, what is that roll? It's not very great. It's four plus, and I don't think it's going to be four plus enough. Yeah, it wasn't a very high DC, but that's not going to cut it. Yeah. Oh, no. You're just tangled up, and plus you got bludgeoned by frozen bodies, and it didn't feel good. Shocker. That brings us to Artyom, who is coming in pointy side first. That I am. So Artyom's coming down spear first right into the top of the southernmost friend's head. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess technically that'd be eastern to you. The blue guy. The blue guy. He's going to land right on that dude's head, and wherever he lands, a chakram is going to split out and be born as mm. a spiritual weapon. Mazel tov. So let's try the attack. I don't suppose I get an advantage for coming down on him at full velocity or anything. New. His AC's not great. Okay. You're going to be okay. That is a 22. Yes, that connects. Beautiful. And for damage on this sexy little roll, we've got a d4 and a d6 plus 4. A 5 and a 3 plus a 4, that's 12. Very good. And then that chakram's going to just burst forth from his dome and going to start wanging all up in his beard. I'm going to give him a nice close shave. A Festus style, yes. <laughs> that is an 18 for attack plus eight. Yep. Nice. These guys are basically wearing like mammoth pajamas. <laughs> so I got 3d8 coming at this boy from a fourth level spiritual weapon. And that is a nice fucking roll. That is 14 plus two. So that's 16 plus my wisdom, which is four. So all told, that's a 36 damage on this fool. Mm -hmm. And he is a fool. Fantastic. So this thing on this turn has lost a kneecap and had several concussive blows landed upon its head. Um, And this one seems to be reeling slightly. That brings us to Arvid. The first thing to happen is Morty is going to basically slam into the purple giant and just sink its teeth in and kind of fall using the momentum to to snap and bite on his way down. So he's going to get a bite. The bitey boy. Uh, that's a hit from Morty, from hey. the good boy. So Morty's basically hanging onto this thing's bicep, having dealt it 12 piercing damage, and he's just kind of doing the dog hang. His little butt's just wiggling in circles. <laughs> yeah, he's having a good time. He's a big boy, but he's still a puppy to these boys. Oh, yeah. So Arvid's going to burst into a rage. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Really getting the conviction in. Uh-huh. He didn't even file paperwork or anything. <laughs> I'm going to have to later for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to go to a rage, but the paperwork. Mm, mm, That sounds like a maven problem. (laughs) Uh, So full rage and he's going to make a reckless attack because it seems like these guys are going to get through my AC. It seems like it. I don't think I need to worry about my AC being just on the edge there. You got to read the room for AC. Yeah. (laughs) So here we go. This is two attacks with parody. And they were both terrible. Terrible, terrible. So that was a four and a six plus 10. Yeah. So 16 hits. 16 hits. That's mm-hmm. great. It does indeed. Damage. That's an eight on the die. 16. Okay. 16 attack damage from the first one. And let's see that second roll. There is a crit on that one. <laughs> well, there we Woo! go. Very good. Beat him up. 15 on... And then it's doubled. You just roll those again. Oh, okay. 24. From the one. crit? Okay. Mm-hmm. Woo! Now, uh, because you have great weapon master, you can use your bonus action to swing again if you want. Oh, yeah, because you crit. Mm-hmm. Do it. <laughs> or you can follow up with a trademark headbutt. 
No one's going to stop you. <laughs> headbutt him in the knee. <laughs> I feel like with the giant, the axe is probably more effective than a headbutt. Yeah, we'll we'll flavor this. I'm just chopping like a tree. I get it at his uh, back of his knee there. Mm. My head is coming up too. <laughs> well, each hit is like sequentially slightly lower on his body because you're descending as you're chop, chop, chopping. Oh, cool. Yeah, okay. You're doing the whirlwind spin from Legend of Zelda on the way down with an axe. Just, <laughs> there is another crit. That's another 20. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Whoop them. All the right. weirdest fucking rolls, Sam. Eh. It's brilliant, though. <laughs> I love it. So dice twice plus eight. I hate that these mammoths have bolt cuts. It stresses me out. I forgot that they were there. <laughs> 31. Fuck Jeez. me. That's 60 something damage this turn? Yeah, and then some. So yeah, Arvid, you just kind of do a beautiful snowflake spin, <laughs> carving it all the way down, blood like gushing down his back and freezing midair. You were inspired by Chris's ice skating pirouettes and mm-hmm. you did your own. Work. Right, Chris on ice. Um, yeah. <laughs> And you land in a wet pile of like bloody snow that's at his feet, having dealt a massive blow on the way down. All right. That brings us back to Christ. Woo. All right. Bear with me. So really thoroughly enjoying this battle and building off the crescendo of the clanging and the clashing. Chris starts to unconsciously float in the air, remembering that song of creation. He floats. He floats pretty high enough to lock eyes with this giant. And with that, he's going to do a fifth level, unbinded, dissonant whispers. And with that sorcery, I'm going to make it fire so the actual inside of his mind explodes. Mm, so you're pulling into some new meta magic abilities. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a 76 plus a 3d8. Oh, boy. It's <laughs> a lot of dice. That's a lot of dice. It's a lot of dice. Please don't fuck it up. I fucked it up a little bit. Yep. <laughs> uh, That's 46 damage total, but I take 20 of it. <laughs> I also take 20 of it. That is how the ring works. Um, so he's making a wisdom save. Mm-hmm. I got a total of six. Oh, he fails that? Also, he has to move away running in fear. So he's going to move immediately up against the opposite side of this hole in the cave. And that means you both get attacks of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Oh, Tim, would you like to go first? I want to go ahead and give him a good spearing. <laughs> Very good. Well, we've already done so much piercing. I feel like the guy really needs a few extra to round him out. Just yeah, definitely. Even out the numbers. That's uh, a 10. 10 total. All right. 10 total. Unfortunately, that does miss as he leaves your threatened area. Um, Chris, your claw. All right. My attack of opportunity. I drop my d20 and that's fine. Let's use this one. All right. Using a point of luck. This definitely hits at a 21. Yes, it does. All right. For my reaction attack, I'm going to make a downward claw strike as I fall to the ground, and that'll do five damage. Five damage taken. And he's now basically 15, 20 feet away from the two of you, like hugging the wall in fear. And and once he reads his point of destination, he explodes with that booming blade mm, From the booming blade last turn, yes. yes. He will take doo, 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 six points of damage. Got it down. You've somehow terrified this massive Himmelhorn giant. That brings us to Harithax. Cool. How long does Sudden Awakening last? Is it instant and then it's over? Yeah, it basically lets you like stand up immediately and we flavor it as helps you land gracefully sometimes. Okay. All right. I was curious because I'm pretty sure I'm tangled in a mass of bodies. <laughs> That's so true. I will... Am I grappled? Yes. Okay. So your speed is just zero. All you okay. have to do is wiggle out of it. All right. Can I use Primal Savagery to try and rip my way out of this mass of bodies law? Yeah, absolutely. Right. I'm going to do that then. I'm going to I'm gonna try and, and break this... this body grapple yeah let's see the attack roll ha! 
26. Yeah, very good. <laughs> I think. Would you like to roll damage on that? Sure. I think 2d10. 2d10 acid damage to these corpses. <laughs> Five. Still enough. Okay. <laughs> the acid eats right through the chains and ropes that bind them together. And some of the bodies like falling away, when they impact each other, they like just crack. Like arms and limbs just snap because they're frozen completely through. Mm-hmm. And you emerge like hissing with this acid. All right. And uh, now that I can move, I'm going to charge straight at that giant. Okay. Uh, so you will end your turn basically between uh, the legs of the purple giant. Uh, yeah, the, the big giant that Arvid is fighting, not the other one that ran away. All right. That makes it their turn. The one that was made a feared is now back to his senses, and he's going to in turn grab some of the bodies off of the wall and hurl them at the two of you. So bodies come flying in at you guys, kind of like uh, the, the one Muppet that throws fish, except yeah. these are all frozen corpses. <laughs> Perfect metaphor. Coming in, boy, those are both pretty bad rolls. Artyom, you have a 16, which I know misses. Woo! Woo. And Chris, 19. Shield. <laughs> you can't use your reaction already. Oh, oh no. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Oh, one. She does bite two ways, don't mm-hmm. she? <laughs> Is luck worth it? Nah, luck's not worth it. Yeah, I'll just get hit. Yeah. The worst roll I could do against you. Yes! <laughs> uh, you take nine bludgeoning damage. That's a lot. <laughs> that was min roll. Very sad. This other purple Himmelhorn giant is going to make one swing at both Harithax and Arvid. The one against Arvid has advantage because you attacked recklessly. Yeah, fuck me up. <laughs> uh, 18 to hit with the first one. Yeah. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> so combative. What you got? <laughs> Uh, 29 slashing damage, which is reduced to 15 because you're raging. Yes, daddy. It's <laughs> 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 no, no, a weird energy at the table I'm today. I'm sorry. Yeah. How much did you say? <laughs> uh, because you're raging, 15 slashing damage. Oh, cool. And against Harithax, that is a 19 to hit. Uh, 19 does hit me. Uh, even 30 slashing damage. And even 30 damage. Jeez. Holy... The most even of 30s. Yeah. In response to that, he can go ahead and take six points of necrotic damage from Shadow of Moyle. Hey! And I need to make a concentration check after taking 30 points of damage. I fail this turn. All right. With the mighty impact of the giant axe, your Shadow of Moyle goes kapoof. He knocks the shadow right off you. He does. (laughs) He slaps the shadow right off your scales. He pushed the highlights out of her hair. Oh, my. (laughs) So these two giants... Both look incredibly fucked up. You guys have been wailing on them nonstop. That brings us to Artyom. Artyom shakes off the fall from the giant's head and then begins channeling energy into his spiritual weapon. Then he turns to Chris with his hands on his hips and a scolding look on his face. Each pause in his speech is punctuated by the overwhelming blast of a level five scorching ray arcing out of his chakram. Chris, don't enrage giants. I'm raving. <laughs> It's a valid point. <laughs> he launches each one of them as best he can. Pew, pew, Starting pew, first pew. one on Blue Boy, number one. Mm-hmm. Not great. That is a 11. That does not hit. Okay. Number two is a 20. That hits. Cool. For 10 damage. All right. He's looking looking on the ropes. Natural 20. Woo! Okay. So that's double the dice. Six plus another eight. That's 14. 14. All right. With that one, you basically blast the axe out of his hand, and the next one takes him in the face, leaving an imprint in the ice behind him and like a streak of red as he slides down it. (laughs) That was three? That was three. Okay, and the remaining three are going to go to perps. The purple traitor. That's a miss. That's 15. 15 hits. Hey! Six. Six damage. 
And then a 25? Yes. Four? Just for fun, that misses. <laughs> <Ten>. <laughs> so 16 to the purple giant from fire. All right. So there's just like a, a miniature Judas Priest show <laughs> in the middle of the caldera. And wherever they hit or missed, there's just a hole in the ice where it pierced through. And the temperature raises maybe like two degrees in the bottom of this glacier. Hmm. That brings us to Arvid, who is basically on the ground, like knee deep in this thing's blood, raging, having just been hit very hard. First of all, Morty's going to continue his biting. He's going to like scamper up onto this thing's shoulder and just start dogging his face. <laughs> Dog his face. As a verb. That's definitely a hit. He he rolled their AC. That's without any add-ons. Just pooch him right in the peepers. So is his face dog on now? Mm. <laughs> it's dang dogged. It's ding dong dogged up. <laughs> <laughs> so a good third of his face is being peeled off like the skin of an orange sinked into Morty's jaws. How would you follow? I'm reveling in the the uh, blood shower, and I will continue to rain down thwacks uh, now upon the back of his leg. And I will add, with the inclusion of all of this combat and these spells going off, these two mammoths are just <laughs> like freaking out. Um, they don't really have anywhere to run easily as their enclosure is shut off. But um, it's okay. They're I'll, freaking the heck out. I'll make a, a real attempt to help them out after we're done here. These fuzzy. Slong horses Two. or whatever. <laughs> Slonky nose horses? Slonky nose horses. Two more pets for the party. Mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're actually slamming their tusks and bodies like into the wall near where they are. I won't worry about that until somebody tells me to. Um, <laughs> so. It's above my pay grade. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Uh, so yeah, he's just gonna do some more reckless attacks. We're gonna do two regular hits and the bonus headbutt this time. Very good. Reckless. 25, 23, and then a natural 20 for the headbutt. Woo! Those all hit. Holy shit. Go San go Arvid? That's what, three criticals in one fucking Man. combat? I'm not, I don't make the rules. <laughs> I just dropped these rocks, dog. <laughs> these clacky math rocks. <laughs> it's a shame posting up bricks is supposed to be a bad thing, because you were literally just posting bricks right in their fucking face. 47. Wow. <laughs> I would like to note that Arvid, within the first two attacks, has killed the giant. Um, <laughs> you cut out its Achilles tendons and its leg oh. meat until it topples to the ground like a big wet mop. And then after it's already dead, you finish it with a headbutt just to spite it. <laughs> <laughs> Ribcage party tonight, friends. <laughs> What? what is that? What, what is that? Ribcage party. <laughs> it sounds like a website you don't click the URL. <laughs> you'll buy the domain. It'll just redirect the LUQ. <laughs> so these two mammoths who have been freaking out, it looks like what they've been doing is opening the cavern that these giants use to get in and out. There's a couple of like flat stones that they slide into place. And these things probably haven't been happy in their servitude being used to drag things around. Um, so they managed to break free and just kind of stomp off into the frozen tundra of the Himmelhorns, leaving this massive hole blowing cold wind into this caldera behind them. But otherwise, the bottom of this pit is filled with two giant dead corpses and a pretty nice smelly campsite. Things calm down for just a good solid moment, which makes it very easy for Arvid to detach the beacon from his back and plant it into the ground. So as the giants are felled, the team easily erects the path conduit. And with a simple magic incantation, the artifact hums to life, firing a tiny pillar of light into the air out of the top of the basin. Your bodies are tired. The cold here is awful. 
You're uncertain if it'd be best to rest right now or get right to work contacting Elmira for a pickup. But that's when you become aware of a set of eyes upon you. Quite small eyes. Not those of giants or beasts. Eyes hiding naturally in the shadows. Four figures. Humanoids. Clinging to the walls and caverns of this place. Leading deep into the belly of the mountain range. One steps out of the darkness. Tall, broad shoulders. Wrapped in tattered gray fabrics and piecemeal leathers. He's dressed like a worker. His skin is dark almost purple. His ears look like they were once long and pointed, but are now cropped. He takes the leather hat off of his head and wrings it in his hands, almost frozen in fear, and sheepishly speaks out a few words in broken common, averting his eyes. Please, help Drav. Please. I don't want to call it too early here, but it looks like the MDs have stumbled into a quest within a quest. A turquestin. Man, that's dumb. Like a quest and a giant turkey. Oh my god. Kip, things are heating up in the cosmic oven as storm-clad Thundertongue searches for the giblet of fire. Coming to you this golden moon. Rodney, get a sending over to my agent. Anyway, seriously, it's amazing how often a team can find themselves plowing through a finish line only to trigger a trap door that kicks off a whole new diathlon. Right you are. It seems the team was being watched by mysterious figures cloaked in shadows from afar while they cleared out the cavern of imminent threats. Ugh. The idea of people spying on me. Beeping my every move. Ugh. Russell's my damn jimmies. Seriously? Even after being on the league for so long? I'm a love-to-be-seen, hate-to-be-watched type. There's a difference between someone spying on you and thousands of people watching you. Reggie625 grabs a snap of my beach bod on the slide to titillate fans and learn more about beefcake physiology. That's fine. Some guy named Reggie hunched in his nook, slaking his lusts on divvies of my morning pose practice. That's something else. Huh. I guess I don't quite understand the psychology there. Look, Kip, maybe you're right. Maybe it's all the same. But once you get to multiple angles on the last burger you slammed kind of fame, you get by with the little lies you tell yourself. Otherwise, every time my fly was down or I went questing for nose goblins, I'd wind up in a pit of self-doubt and terror. And that's a dungeon you can't escape from. Public camera's harmless. Private one's scary. If you say so, pal. I'm serious, Kip. This is a delicate balance I stand in. The camera is harmless. Okay, Storm. I want to hear you say it, Kip. The... <laughs> the camera is harmless. Right, folks? <laughs> right. <sighs> Look, it's like the old Prickness family saying goes. The cow that doesn't stare back is the last to be butchered. Oh. Ah, great. I shouldn't have mentioned cows. Now I've awoken the beef thirst. And while Storm hungers for steak, the rest of us will hunger for more adventure and answers as to why the MDs have been approached in such a strange fashion. Where's my emergency jerky? Rodney, call Dern Good Grub. Tell him we have a code pink. And, uh, make sure it lays out the nice stuff. Gonna give the fans a different kind of show. What do these dark elven guests have in store for our team? Is this a trap or a window to greatness? Join us as we get to the root of the situation next time in the League of Ultimate Questing. <laughs> oh shit exciting oh, boy what? okay so by the way a ribcage party uh you tenderize 
If you kill two or more giants, you tenderize the meat by uh, getting inside of the rib cage and like running up into your friend who is also inside of the rib cage. Mm-hmm. And then you cook the meat by starting a fire in the center of it. And like oh. it gets everything warm around the edges. And then mm-hmm. like just the, the center is charred, but the, the, the like outside meats are nice and tender. You eat so giants? Like a gingerbread house, but with meat? Do you eat sentient things? Yeah. I mean, you're technically part giant as a furbolg. Look, as long as you don't eat the brains, there's no prion issues. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of oh, like dark killing King Kong and just climbing inside and cooking it. That seems weird I to me. You, some people would. <laughs> I tell you. Mm-hmm. I tell you. You don't waste meat. I was going to say, Harthax is absolutely crawling inside these giants to take their livers for divination purposes. <sighs> uh, so, see, I yeah. could see you like using the bones for things. Like, and I'm picturing like the xylophone music when you say ribcage party. Anyway. I love the idea of you like pulling out this this Use basically garbage can lid of fucking not even garbage can lid it'd basically be me of a fucking liver and yeah. just right. a liver a liver the size of like an adult tuna just there we <laughs> oh, go wow. slap we need to figure out who's doing the outro not me I, I think I did the last one for episode 100 then it might be you <sighs> you can you do it to. you're allowed to decline I decline Michael? Michael that makes it me then hey, hey. the outro Hey, thank you for listening to the League of Ultimate Questing as we journey into a frozen caldera. That's your word of the day. Caldera. (laughs) The byproduct of an outward explosion rather than an impact. Yeah, that. It's what the official term for a crater of a volcano is. That's what I know about calderas. Zach apparently knows more than me. Yeah, if something collides with something and it leaves a hole, that's a crater. This is a a caldera. We're going to go around the table. We're going to start with Sam. And thank you for making this outro as uh, as Sam approved as possible. I almost felt like you were doing it for me. <laughs> what? The outro. Oh. In the style of Sam. In the style oh. of Sam. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. Yeah. Uh, my name is Michael Loving. Uh, today I'm playing Sam playing the outro. <laughs> <laughs> and also. Oh, hi. Uh, I'm Alante. Who do you play? Yeah. yeah, I play Harthax. Thank you. Oh. And I play Arvid. Thank you. Okay. If you didn't get that in the time that we, you listened to the rest of this episode. <laughs> Let me tell you about episode 101, not the time. Yeah. <laughs> There's very little hope for you at this point. <laughs> Wait, who's Chris? <laughs> it's me. Although you can be forgiven for occasionally mistaking my voice and Zach's voice. That does happen. I can see that. Yeah. What? It happens. Oh. There are times that Zach sounds like me and I sound like Zach. Not in character, but to me. that right. would be that would be a pretty major fuck up. White ADHD dudes, man. Yeah. <laughs> just... uh, hi, I'm, I'm Alante. I play Chris Grand, the level six crystalline sorcerer and level four bard. Woo! Creation. Yeah. We leveled up this level, by the way, we or did. this game, by the we way. We did, yeah. I am Zach Barkas. I play Ogden Volkov, the cleric of sunlight and suffering. I am also the technical director for Slapdash Studios. My name is Law. I'm the dungeon master and creative director of Slapdash Studios. You can find most of our information about the podcast at theluq.com, which will redirect you to slapdashstudios.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might even be able to go to d20questions.com. I don't know about that yep. one. Yep, that one works too. It all, it's all there, but the, you got the links. It sends you to all the places, the social medias, the Patreon, the all that stuff. That's where the RSS for the show is as well. So you can listen to all the episodes. You can find links to merch. You can find photos of the cast if you want to know what faces go with these voices. There are for maintaining the mystery. There are a few of those. Yes. Why? That's why Zach has censored all photos of his face. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And I certainly don't run weekly streams. No. Yes. Not at all. Can they find links to your weekly streams on the LUQ website? I don't think we have a Twitch oh, link. We have a Twitch link. Yeah. We have a Twitch link. Okay, good. Now I was going to say that's an oversight. Anyway, I think that about summarizes the old outro doodle. 
So, is that our outro fucked a Labrador and, and <laughs> it's, an, it's an outro doodle? Wow. <laughs> we fucked this dog and we ended up with an outro doodle. Oh, no. You no, know that no, in theory, no. dogs should have belly buttons on the grounds that they're mammals? That's weird. I'm going to let you, I'm going to leave you thinking of a dog with an Audi. Until next time, I wish you luck. Yeah.